CEE Central Europe Explained An IDM podcast series powered by Erste Group Episode 7 EU to your home part 1 The regionalization of European politics Hello and welcome to everyone in this seventh podcast of CE Central Europe Explained my name is Cilia Najivan. I'm Deputy Managing Director of the Institute for the Danube Region and Central Europe, IDM. In the two last episodes of CE, we discussed about the European Union and its popular myths. For the three next weeks, we will focus on European policies and politics under the title EU to your home. Today's podcast will be centered on regionalization in our focus region. For this, I very much appreciate to welcome Mr. Robert Lichtner, coordinator of the Danube Strategy Point in Vienna. Together, we will take a closer look at the interdependence of macro-regional strategies, such as the EUSDR, the EU Strategy for the Danube Region, cross-border cooperation, and the EU enlargement policies concerning Southeastern Europe. So we ask, which concrete positive effects does the EUSDR 10 years after its implementation have for the 115 million people in the 14 Danube region states. To what extent are these outcomes tangible on the individual level? Which strategies do exist to foster the visibility of successful EUSDR project outcomes, Mr. Lichtner? Hello, everyone. Thank you very much for the invitation to the interview. Well, you have asked quite a complicated question, and I hope that we will be able to get some answers uh, to your listeners. So where I would start at the beginning is uh, just to briefly explain what the macro-regional strategies are, because as you said, this might sound a bit complicated to some of your listeners. So to the European approach, a uh, macro-regional strategy is basically an integrated policy and thematic framework which was endorsed by the European Union. And the idea behind it is cooperation among states, among a specially defined geographical area, which relates to EU member states and not EU member states as well. The idea behind it is to benefit from a strengthened cooperation to contribute to achieve joint economic, social and uh, territorial cohesion. When we revert to the EUSDR, the EU strategy for the Danube region, we have to say at the beginning that we have a quite a huge geographical area which unites the, the Danube region. We start in the, in the Black Forest in uh, Germany and end up in the Black Sea. So uh, we have, as you said, 115 million uh, inhabitants here. And the joint, the, the binding uh, link here is the Danube River which is also called the most international river in the world. We have 14 member states in the strategy. We have nine EU states and five non-EU member states. And this uh, makes it very interesting, but also very complicated to work together on a so-called European territorial cooperation. So what we try here uh, since uh, 2010, when the strategy was uh, established, is to work together and to try to tackle challenges which go beyond uh, single states. So we are speaking about challenges that know no borders. 
that single state could not efficiently handle on their own. When we speak about things like environmental pollution, biodiversity, uh, sustainable development, growth, clean energy, and all these kinds of topics that have been on the European territorial agenda as well. So uh, what we try to do here is to take up the challenges and to join together 14 states, 14 EU SDR member states, EU and non-EU states, and try to coordinate their policies on national, regional and local level. This might sound more easier than it is in the reality, but on one hand, uh, so you have the territorial cooperation, the policy coordination, and on the other hand, you focus on these topics that I explained. In the strategy, we have the so-called pillars, four pillars, where we focus thematically on uh, several topics. And these are further divided into 12 so-called thematic areas. So if you imagine themes like navigability of the Danube, quality of the air and water, knowledge society, security, um, so all these kind of topics are being dealt with since 2010. And as you said, we have been celebrating a 10th year's anniversary and we have uh, the 14 states joining together. We are supported by the European Commission, uh, by the DG Regio, which is our contact point and the strategic partner on the European level. And on the national level, we have the so-called coordinators uh, on, the national, uh, on, the, on the level of the national states who are basically coordinating all the actions, all the activities that the EU SDR is performing on the national level. Then we have also the so-called thematic coordinators who are persons who coordinate the thematic things that happen within the, the strategy. So one question, Mr. Lichtner, uh, when the EU SDR was implemented, there was the principle of three no's which is still in force. So it's uh, the three no's uh, mean no additional funds, legislations, no institutions. So what can we say after 10 years? How does the EUSDR work with the three no's in reality, in social reality? Yes, this is one of the main things uh, that the macro-regional strategies have to deal with. And there is actually four macro-regional strategies, such as the Danube one, we have the Baltic one, we have the Alpine one. We have Adriatic Ionian strategy and the fourth is the, obviously the, the Danube one. So when the strategies were born, the idea behind uh, this was that no new funding, legislation and institutions will be implemented, which on one hand is a bit of a problem. On the other hand, what the strategies need to look after is to remain flexible, to remain agile. And we know that from the EU legislation, that we may be supported by the European Structural and Investment Funds, for example. So this gives us uh, the opportunity to adapt and to align our priorities, our targets that we have to the European funding instruments that we have. We had just recently, in April this year, a revision of the so-called action plan, which is the basic implementation document that all the 14 member states keep up to. And uh, here, what we have tried is not only to streamline the topics and uh, the challenges that we have. And in the previous action plan, we had 137 actions, which was quite a number. So what we have tried now is to, uh, to narrow that down, to find new challenges that we want to focus on together. And the next step now that we work on is the so-called embedding. Embedding is uh, basically a process 
where the strategy, and not just the Danube one, all other macro-regional strategies as well, try to align their priorities along to the, to the new cohesion policy proposal that we have on the European level. So basically the cohesion policy beyond 2020, now we are in the process of programming uh, the cohesion policy for 2021-27. And we have the five main policy objectives that will be followed for the investments in the, in the next period. So basically we have the smart Europe, we have green Europe, we have connected Europe, social Europe and Europe closer to the citizens. What the strategy, what the EUSDR does now is try to align our actions and targets with uh, the five policy objectives of the European Union in order to secure financing for the future, financing of the projects, the implementation of the strategy. This happens on the, for example, for the national operational programs, for the regional programs, but also for the, for the mainstream programs. So uh, what we have learned is that although we have to live and deal with the three no's, we have to stay agile, we have to stay flexible, and for the next programming and for the next implementation period, we try to align our objectives so that we can embed the strategy into, into financing institutions of the European Union. Having that said, we focus not only on the EU member states, we also have five non-EU member states, which is, which is very important for the strategy since on one hand we have the EU member states who can profit basically from uh, EU funding, but we also have to take care of financing of the strategy for the non-EU member states. What is your experience about the acceptance of the USDR among uh, the non-EU member states? Because the impression when the USDR was implemented that uh, it was perceived by uh, several stakeholders and, and commentators of uh, the public discourse in, 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 uh, in such countries such as uh, Serbia, that it was kind of um, substitution for EU integration. And what is now 10 years later, the experience with the strategy and, and also with the um, European cohesion and, and also EU enlargement uh, perspective? It's definitely not the case. I mean, the non-EU states, and we have five of them, we have uh, Bosnia-Herzegovina, Montenegro, Serbia, uh, Moldova and Ukraine. And these states have been at the strategy from the beginning. So they are on the same level as the EU member states. So we basically make no difference between EU and non-EU member states when it comes to the governments, when it comes to the decision making. And especially within the revision of the action plan, all 14 member states have agreed that uh, the integration of the non-EU member states is one of the key priorities also for the EU SDR, for the Danube strategy. So uh, we especially take care also of the West Balkan states for the accession process. And here, as I said, we also strive for the financing of projects and for the implementation um, of the strategy. Moreover, we have at the moment the so-called presidency, which is one state out of the 14 for each year, who is presiding the strategy and who is setting up political initiatives for the whole strategy. For this year, for uh, 2021, we have Slovakia, which has uh, taken over the lead. And for uh, 2022, we have the first non-EU member state, which will be taking over the presidency, which is Ukraine. So also as a symbolic, as a symbol on the symbolic level, you can also see 
the importance and the significance of non-EU member states in the Danube strategy. And uh, talking about Ukraine and the non-EU member states, uh, what is your perspective regarding uh, the communication and also understanding uh, among uh, stakeholders on the Brussels levels, the national levels within EU member states and also uh, within EU non-member states and especially also uh, regarding the historical uh, context, uh, because as you mentioned, uh, having Ukraine as uh, the presidency holder in 2020-2020 is indeed very symbolic implementation and political reality then. Well, when it comes um, to the communication, we have several levels where we focus the communication activities that we have. So on one hand, it's, it's really, really vital within the strategy to involve all the stakeholders on national levels. So this is one thing that we really strongly focus on. The second one is also to get out, to speak to the citizens, to talk to the people from the Danube region, to explain that activities that we take all together are for the good of the whole region. And um, especially when we also speak about the, the revised action plan, which is also a political document for the whole strategy, we have also seen, and this is what all the 14 states agreed to, is uh, that we have to also focus on the civil society. We need uh, a strong involvement of the civil society of the young generation of the Danube region as well. We have also some of the topics that we talk about and not only talk about, but also try to implement is uh, to focus on uh, democracy, to strengthen the democracy in our states, in all of the states, especially in these difficult times that we live in not only focusing on COVID-19, but also on several European processes that are everything else than easy at the moment. So uh, democracy, uh, rule of law, sound administration, these are also topics that the strategy deals with. And this is also something that we as a strategy try to support in our states, uh, be it EU member states or not EU member states. And uh, what is also about uh, infrastructure, because uh, apart from uh, fostering democracy and also civil society, uh, what is often also mentioned is infrastructure and, and investing in, in infrastructure apart from uh, all political goals, but, but also to have uh, these practical ones and to have it also visible for, as you mentioned, citizens. Yes, uh, the investments is, uh, into special infrastructural uh, projects is, is a key uh, issue that we have, that we especially see among the states uh, on the Balkans and Central Southeastern Europe. And we have been discussing this quite a lot on how to secure these infrastructure investments. So as a strategy, we are not having financial means, but what we can do is uh, align the policies together in order to have the ability and the possibility to get large infrastructural projects implemented in the region, especially when we speak about countries like Serbia, Croatia, um, Bosnia. Here, large infrastructural projects uh, are, of course, of key importance. So this is also one of the priorities to align the policies here as well. And this is basically the core of transnational cooperation, aligning the policies, communicating and talking to each other in order to synchronize and better adapt the policy for the Danube region. So one question, Mr. Lichtner, to what extent uh, does uh, the USDR uh, strengthen 
the European idea, finally. The EU SDR is the European idea. You, can, you could also say that the EU SDR is the implementation of the European idea because we work together on uh, several levels. So we have a multi-level governance in really practical means where we cooperate on national, on regional level. We cooperate across borders, across regions. And if you ask me what, what is the concrete example, I would just say EUSDR is the example of the European idea. So uh, especially, as I said, especially in these times, it's really, really important for the whole Europe and for the whole Danube region to stick together, to talk to each other, to cooperate. And uh, as some of our stakeholders uh, also call it the, the macro-regional strategies, you could also name them uh, laboratories for a new, new Europe, because this is what we are and this is what we try, is to cooperate and cooperation here is the key. Many thanks, Mr. Lichtner, for your deep insight into the USDR and uh, also offering prospects and uh, for all the input. And uh, this is a perfect basis for the second part of our series of EU to your home. In the next week episode, we will discuss on current European integration politics, also in the most remote areas. Thank you and see you soon. Thank you very much. IDM. Podcast. Institut für den Donauraum und Mitteleuropa. Institut für die Danube Region und Central Europe. European Perspectives. Regional Actions. Cooperation and Expertise since 1953.